Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. faithful ballot Cato, Brett Ree, a daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Brett Reed in the thrilling adventure, Dr. Niles Patient. The Green Hornet strikes again. After relinquishing his coat and hat to his butler, Hobart Newton paused and glanced upward as his daughter Carol, a vision of blonde loveliness in a flowing white evening gown, came down the heavily carpeted stairway, carrying a black velvet evening cape over her arm. Hello, Dad. Later than usual tonight. That's a little consequence, Carol. Aren't you staying home for dinner? I'm dining out tonight with a friend. Really? Why, yes. Do you mind? Why do you take that cheap velvet cape when you have expensive furs for evening wear? I like this cape, Dad. And it really isn't a cheap one. Girl, you're a Newton. Heiress to millions. And there's such as fitting that at all times you should... Please, look... Dad. Why do you always Perhaps talk about... Perhaps this article the gossip column of the clay and has something to do with your certain desire for modest clothes. Now, Dad, you know that every time either of us makes a move, there's an article about it in the gossip columns. Personally, I pay no attention Read to... Read that. Those who have missed the gay and beautiful Harris to the Newton fortune from the swanky night spots of late might be interested to know that she now does her night clubbing in the more reasonable places, accompanied by a certain young intern from City Hospital. Looks like the real thing this time. What do you say to that? The usual rubbish. I prefer to disregard the gossip columns and live my own life. Don't try to dismiss this with a wave of your hand, Carol. I want to know if that article is too. I've met a very charming doctor. My daughter. I think I've done everything to make life easy and pleasant for you. Give you everything any girl could ask for. The best of homes. Schooling, clothes, jewels. Yes, I've heard all that before. But you refuse to let me be happy in my own way. The one thing I want most. Dad, try to discuss this one and see things my way. Please. David is fine and clean, and someday he'll be a brilliant and famous surgeon who... Who got that way because of your fortune? I know his type. But you don't know David Niles. And what's more, he doesn't know I'm your daughter. Hey. Then the boy must be stupid. Everybody knows Carol Newton is my daughter. Wrong again. I use mother's maiden name. I told David my name is Carol Galt. Where did you do that? Where did you meet him? I went to the city hospital to see Ruth Moylan... She took up nursing. A uh, housekeeper's daughter, huh? She's a party to this. Now, hold on, Dad. Ruth had nothing to do with it. Go on. 
Ruth and I went to a drugstore across from the hospital to get milkshakes. While we were there, a nice-looking young man came in and told Ruth they were looking for her at the hospital. Ruth, in her hurry to get back, just said goodbye and dashed out without introducing us. The young man sat on the stool next to me and spoke. Well, it's not very nice of Miss Moreland to dash away without introducing us. Since she's a mutual friend of yours, I'll introduce myself. David Niles, intern, city hospital. Would-be surgeon. Uh, are you in the nursing profession, too? I'm sorry to say I'm not, Dr. Niles. Ah, no Ruth Moreland very long? Oh, years and years. That's impossible. There aren't that many years in your life. Neighbors, maybe? Mm, sort of. We both lived in the same house until Ruth went to the hospital. For really? Hmm. Uh, Ruth told me her mother was housekeeper for Hobart Newton, the millionaire. That's right. Why, oh, I'd hate to work for people like Newton and his daughter. They think the world was made just for them and the people in it for them to step on. I see you form your opinions from what you read in the papers, Doctor. If you really knew the Newtons, maybe you'd change your opinion. Maybe, but I doubt it. Say, I don't even know you. Uh, you must work for Newton, too, do you? And, uh, what's your name? I'm Hobart Newton's uh, social secretary. My name's Carol Goff. Carol Goff. Oh, a pretty name. Uh... <laughs> Free white and 21, more or less? <laughs> Put loose and fancy free, Doctor. <laughs> David, do you, Carol? That makes us friends, I suppose. <laughs> of course. Uh, you like to dine on hamburgers? Love them. Tonight, maybe? And a movie afterward? Well... Ruth will vouch for me, I promise. <laughs> All right. It's a date, Doctor. Good. I'll call for you at 7. Uh, no. I'll meet you here at 7. Be easier. Well... A girl who makes her own decisions. That's what I like. And someday when I'm famous, we'll do all the best places. For now, we'll get the best out of the cheaper places. But we'll sure have fun. It was almost three weeks ago that David and I met. And we have had a lot of fun, Dad. He's a grand person. You'd like him, I know. I have an engagement to see him tonight. Forget it. And forget him. You staying right here. If you see him again or get in touch with him in any way... I'll trump up charges and we'll get him thrown out of the city hospital and ruin his so-called career. You wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, I would. You know me well enough for that. Yes. Yes, I guess I do. All right, Dad. I... I'll try to forget about David and I. It was after midnight, and the Newton household had retired. In Hobart Newton's study, two men, their faces covered with handkerchiefs, were busy working on the safe. Okay, Joe, everything's set. Light the fuse, and that bit of soup will do the rest. We'll have to move fast after she's blown, Carlin. Here goes. Oh, Bud has a motor running for a quick getaway. Light it. There. Now, duck. That did it. Come on, clean out the safe, quick. Yeah, somebody's coming in a minute. Got everything. I'll oh, scram for the window. Oh, come in. Hey, quick, out the window. We've got a gun. I'll help you. Keep going. Come on. Bob, quick, help me. Hurry up. Oh, the wing car with you. Let's get him to the car. Here. Help me lift him in. Okay. There. Get going, Bud. Hurry it up.
The following morning, Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in his office looking at the morning edition with his secretary, Lenore Case, and reporter, Mike Axford. Oh, Bart Newton will howl as usual when he sees his picture on the front page. Yeah. When I went over there last night with Sarge, right after the robbery, Newton was raving. <laughs> that they got away with about 50000 in cash and negotiated security. Negotiable is the word, expert. <laughs> sure. Just so you know what I mean, Katie. <laughs> he was more upset about some private papers that were stolen. I wouldn't mind catching those crooks and getting the $5,000 reward Mr. Newton's offering. Yeah. Every cop in the force is after that 5000 You could bet on that. Did the police find any clues, Axford? No, but the butler swears he wounded one of the thieves as they were going through the window. I see. Did you see Newton's daughter, Axford? Yeah, she was there. And believe me, she's really a good looker. I asked her if there was any truth in that clarion gossip column story about her running around with the young intern. Axford, you didn't. Sure I did. But before she could answer, the old man scowled at her and said, Carl, go to your room at once. So she left. But before she went, she said... I'm not afraid of the truth, Dad, even if you are. With that, she swished on upstairs. Oh, the poor thing. Father probably clamped down on her as soon as he read that story. From what I know of Karen Luton, she's a level-headed girl. She values people for their true worth and not for the money they may have. You'd better get over to police headquarters, Axford. They might come up with something on that robbery. Okay, Reed. I was going to go anyway. See you both later. Hello. <laughs> In the backroom hideout of a deserted warehouse on Water Street, the two crooks, Joe and Bud, stood beside the cot upon which their leader, Carwin, who had been shot in the escape from a Newton mansion, lay delirious with fever. Oh, Joe. Ah, Carwin's getting worse, Bud. Bandaged him up last night, he seemed okay. Even this morning, he wasn't so bad. This afternoon, he's out of his head all the time. Yeah, we ought to try to get a sub ones to come in and do something, Joe. How can we without taking a chance of giving ourselves away? Well, if we don't get one, Carwin's going to conk out on us. That's for certain, bud. Cops know one of us got nicked. Docs will all be leery of any calls that sound suspicious. There was some way to get away. Hey, Joe, I know how we can work it. How? It was in a dumpy bar a couple of weeks ago, and some guy got slugged with a bottle. Hit him out in the back room and called an ambulance. Well, Sawbones came in and fixed the guy up and took him away. Yeah, but what... Well, don't you see... We can drive over to Brownie's pool room. Tip Brownie off and call City Hospital for an ambulance. And tell him a guy has a heart attack. But the ambulance will come to the pool room. Sure. We'll be waiting for him. I'll show you what to do when it does get there. But I didn't know you were smart enough to think of anything like that. Okay, let's get going to Brownie's. Sooner we get a doc here for Carwin, the better. Come on. Yes, I am. Uh, bring the stretcher, Jim. Okay, doctor. Well, I'm any judge, doc. You ain't gonna need that stretcher. I just saw the guy in there, and he looks like a goner to me. Better look at him, though. Yes, I'll, uh, I'll go examine him. Uh, hold the stretcher, Jim, unless I send off for it. All right. I'll wait here. He's in the back of the pool room, doc. Come on, I'll show you the way. Right through that door, Doc. All right. 
No, I, I don't see anyone I'm here. What, Doc? There's the back door, Doc. Go right out that way. Say, what is this? I'm not going any place. Yeah, says you are. Gun might go off, Doc. Go on out the door. Now get into that car. Now look here. I don't know what this is, but yeah, I'm not... Looking... I said... Look out, my medical kit. Uh, help me pick that stuff up, bud. Hurry. Yeah. One of my medicine bottles broke. Forget it. Hurry up. Yeah, we got it all. Now, get in. You'll be sorry for this, both of them. Button your lip. You got a job for you to do. Now I get it. You must be the crooks who robbed Newton last night. I heard one oh, of them had been shot. Okay, you heard one got shot, so now you'll have him for a patient. And he'd better get well. Step on it, bud. Doc's going to take a ride. <laughs> And who knows, it might be his last. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. A short time after forcing Dr. Niles into their car in the alley behind the pool room, Joe and Bud entered the hideout with the doctor between them. Hey, Doc, there's your patient over on that cut. Open up that kit of yours and get busy. Don't forget you'll have a gun pointing your way all the time. Motor running. Get away, quick. Oh. Uh, The bullet went right through his shoulder. An infection setting in. Uh, Give me my kit. Thanks. Well, stop fiddling around with that kit. Go on, do something. Because of you, the very thing I need isn't in my kit. That bottle that was broken when you knocked the kit out of my hand contained a sulfur drug in powdered form, which I need now to stop the infection. So you ain't got it? Use something else. At this point, nothing else will be effective. If you really want this man to hey, live... listen, Joe. Maybe one of us could get some of that stuff he needs. Yes. I could give you a prescription and you could oh, go... Oh, yeah? Prescription with your name on it, eh? Listen, you. Just spell out what you need on a plain hunk of paper. But can go to a drugstore and read it off to the druggist. All right, if you insist. And you better hurry if you want your friend here to live. Now I'll write down what you're to get. Darkness had fallen when Mike Axford entered Miss Casey's office just as Brick Reed was passing through on his way out. Hey, Casey. Huh? Going home, Reed? Yes, I was just starting. I suppose you've come in to tell us about the spook for the season. Huh. If it's a story you want to hear, I can give you one, Casey. I just gave one to rewrite. One that rates an extra. What is it, Axford? An intern from City Hospital disappeared under mysterious circumstances, Reed, about an hour ago. Under mysterious circumstances, you say? Yep. He was on an ambulance that answered a hurry car to a pool room downtown where some guy was said to have had a heart attack. Well? The intern left the driver waiting and followed some guy into the pool room. But he never came out. He never came out? Nope. The driver waited half an hour, then went hunting for him, but... Couldn't find him or any sick guy either. Hadn't anyone seen the doctor? Nobody did admit they saw him. The driver phoned the hospital and they called the cops. I went with Sarge and the boys. They didn't find the doctor, but Sarge did find a clue, sort of. A clue? What was it? A small broken bottle in the alley with some powder in it. It turned out to be a sulfur drug and must have come out of the doctor's bag. Hmm. Looks like that intern was shanghaied by somebody. Sure. The cops figured out that he was snatched by the crooks who robbed Newton last night. Uh, one of them got shot, you know. That's good reasoning on the part of the police. Uh, those cops are smart, Reed. 
You see, just before they got the call about the missing intern, some druggist phoned in that a guy made him give out some sulfur drug in powdered form like the doc had. The guy had a gun and had the name of the drug written down, along with something else that didn't make sense to the druggist or the cop. Do you remember what that something else was, actually? Uh, sure. Sarge wrote it down, and I got it from him. Let's see now. Yeah, here it is. You see, it says A-Q-U-A, followed by a big V with a period after it. That was followed by X-1-1. Druggist have any idea what it meant? Oh, he said he guessed it was Latin for water of life, which is some kind of wine or something. The X11 meant 12. So he sent 12 ounces of a wine tonic. Well, aqua vitae is the term. I don't know why the doctor would order anything like that if it did mean that. The crook could have copied it wrong. Oh, I suppose so. It's a bit puzzling, though. You aren't the only one that's puzzled, Reed. Oh, by the way. Miss Carol Newton phoned cops headquarters when she heard about the intern over the radio. His name's Niles, uh, Dr. David Niles. And she was all upset. We figured he must be the guy she'd been running around with. Oh, that's too bad. From what you told us this morning, I guess the father objects to the intern. From now on, she has this to worry about. She must be in love with him. Even I figured that one out, Casey. But an old man would never go for a lowly intern with no dough. Not that guy. If Carol Newton likes the chap, he must be okay. If he has been forced to go with the crooks to doctor their wounded friend, young Niles' life is in danger. You don't think they'd kill him? They won't dare let him go or he'd turn them in. Actually, if you get any more news, phone me at home. I'm interested in this case. Uh, That I will, Reed. I'm going to grab a bite, then beat it back to cops' headquarters tonight. Good. Well, I'll be running along. Cato is waiting dinner for me. I'll see you both in the morning. Good night. Hello, Reed. Leaving the Central Building, Rick Reed went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, was waiting. Brett told him the details of the story about the missing intern. It seemed everyone believed Dr. Nile was taken by crooks who steal Newton's valuables, Mr. Britt. It's a sure bet, Cato. Oh, I wish there was something I could do. I don't care about Newton's law so much, but I sympathize with Carol and young Niles. The nature of words to a druggist intrigued me, Mr. Britt. Sulfur drug necessary for a bullet wound, perhaps, but other words not make sense. I know. Aqua vitae is a rarely used term. I can't see why. Cato, maybe Dr. Niles intended that as a clue of some sort. That capital V followed by a period, and then those numerals. I wonder. Cato. I know what that V period X11 could mean. What do you think of? The V period could stand for an abbreviation of via, meaning way or street. Aqua means water. The Roman numerals X11 mean 12. Well, then it means crooks at number 12 Water Street? That's what I think it means. Come on, we'll take a black beauty. Maybe the Green Hornet can find that intern and at the same time straighten things out for Carol Newton. Let's go. <laughs> A short time later, in the Water Street hideout, Carwin stretched out on the cot, opened his eyes, and spoke. Joe. Bud. Oh, how you feeling, Carwin? You should feel a lot better now, don't you? Yeah, that's right. What are we going to do with the doc now that you're okay? Tied up over there on a the chair. 
He expects us to drop him off at the city hospital, I guess. That was the <laughs> bargain I made with you. If I fixed him up all right, you promised him. He's a dumb cluck, Joe. You wouldn't but know what to do with him. Take him for a ride if he wants it. But it won't be to the city hospital. You won't get away with it. The police will find you sooner or later. You're crooks and murderers, and you all wind up in the electric chair. Uh, stop beating your gum, sawbones. I'll bust him one with the butt of my gun, put him out for keeps. And Bud can ditch him somewhere. Go ahead. Get it over with. Don't fight over with Hey, the, the green hornet. Let him have it, Joe. I got you covered. Don't raise that he gun. You can't cover all three of us at once. Only two, Dopey. The mug on the cot doesn't count. Either of you fired me. My friend of the doorway will plug your friend of the cot. Don't. Don't fire at him, fellas. There's a guy with a gun in the doorway. Tell them to drop their guns. Drop them? Tell Bud, drop your guns. Okay. Mine. Well, I ain't dropping my rod, Carwin, for you or the Hornet. I expected that from you, Killer. You must, but I won't. No! Oh, I take this one. Hey, no little guy. Oh, this time I hit harder. So you're Carwin, eh? Heard about you. Escaped Killer, aren't you? Wait, I, I'm wounded, Hornet. We'll divvy all the dough we got from Newton. Where is it? Here in the bag under this cot. Honest, if you'll split up. Take it. Gas. That must be Dr. Niles. Get the ammonia from his kid over there. I get it quick. I'll tie these mugs up tight with his bandages and tape their mouths with adhesive tape. Here, Dr. Skid. You get stuff you need. I help. Yeah. This will do the trick. Yeah, there. And there's one. I'll get one finished. Get the one on the bed while I work on the doctor. We'll pile the three crooks in the back of their own car and put the doctor behind the wheel. Good idea. Then he'd drive him to police station when he come to. Right. And he'll have the stolen swag from the Newton safe with him. I think things will be different around the Newton home later tonight. Let's get busy. Later at police headquarters... Dr. Niles, I swear I don't know how you did it. All single-handed. Boy, you sure earned that 5,000 reward. Well, Sergeant, frankly, I don't deserve that reward. You see, I have no idea that... Where is the chap who captured those crooks? Uh, there he is, Mr. Norton. David. Hey, hero. Oh, David. Carol. Carol, darling. Here, here, what's all this? I thought this young man was... Dad, one... this is Dr. David Niles, intern at City Hospital. Why, you young whippersnapper, you are the one who... Hold on a minute, Mr. Newton. Doc Niles is the one who captured the crooks and brought back your dough and other stuff. He did it all single-handed, too. What? Yes, sir. That is... Uh, you owe David $5,000, Dad. Now, wait a minute. I thought this intern didn't know you were my daughter. I didn't. Till last night when she didn't keep our date. I was going to get a cab and go to your home looking for Carol, but Ruth Moreland stopped me. She told me then who Carol really was, so... Well, I decided to forget. Oh, so my daughter isn't good enough for you, huh? Oh, Mary, in turn, is going to turn my carol down. Oh, oh, that. Dad, you're wonderful. Yeah. 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 Well, we might as well keep that 5000 in the family. And <laughs> yeah. the doctor's a handy thing to have around these days. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Say, Doc, we were wondering about that guy who got sulfur drug from the druggist. Well, he was one of the crooks. I put a clue in the prescription, but I guess it wasn't clear. A clue, you say? What was it, Doc? Aqua V, period, followed by X11. 
I was hoping that a student of the classics or perhaps an ex-serviceman in the police department who'd been in Italy would see it and guess its meaning. The V period was used as an abbreviation of via, meaning way or street in Latin. I was afraid the crook might guess it if I wrote it out. In that aqua V period, uh, X11 meant number 12 waters. <laughs> That's right, Sergeant. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Nobody can figure it out. But after all, you made it out all right for yourself. Well, frankly, I don't know what happened. It's all hazy to me. But one thing I do know, I found this on the side of my medicine kit. My goodness, what is it? Glory be. It is the seal of the Green Hornet. Holy crow! The Green Hornet seal, you say? Dr. Noyes, looks like you can clip out appendixes with one hand and clip the wings of the Green Hornet with the other. <laughs> I'd bet that escaped killer Carwin is sorry he was ever Dr. Niles' patient. <laughs> you can say that again, Ashford. Huh, Mr. Newton? Who said it, sir? Who said dramas created by George W. Trentle are a copyrighted feature of The Green Hornet, Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. (laughs) 